<laughs> Welcome to the fantasy football fathers. <laughs> James just took one to the face. Oh, we're, I know we have to roll with this. My whole face, <laughs> my whole face is covered in bubble stash. <laughs> Your face is glowing. <laughs> uh, shout out to Hot Valley with the bubble stash. What the fuck? <laughs> you need a towel, dude. I, just, I need a towel. What is this? That's my sweater. Oh, that's a Please don't use my sweater. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, that bu- yep, yeah, that'll do. Got some toilet paper over here. Packers blanket. I'm lucky I was wearing glasses. I would have <laughs> fucking got blinded there. Are you kidding me? Uh, shit. I haven't taken a shot to the face like that. And I'm just kidding. That's it's a joke. fancy little podcast. Hours. At least 24 This is a podcast you're listening to. We'll get in there in a second. <laughs> This is the welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. Oh, shit. Where only one of us is father and none of us are priests. Um, that crack didn't go so smoothly for me. Uh, but at least it's a good beer. Um, well, that was fun. Uh, yeah. Follow us on the socials. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to read the document in my uh, without my glasses because they are covered in beer. Literal beer goggles at this point. Yeah. At the FF Fathers on Twitter. You can also check out our website. It's very hard to find. Honestly, the link is weird. <laughs> Just get on our Twitter at the FF Fathers and you'll see the link to our website. <laughs> yep. Um, but if you're not on Twitter, you can listen to us anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, what a game. Thursday night football, huh? What a game. Wow, we saw that coming. Actually, much higher scoring than I expected it to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but pretty much out of reach the entire time for the Jets. The legend, Mike White himself, went down to a hand-wrist injury. Uh, but... From the Colts side, Jonathan Taylor, the actual legend, Dynasty RB1, 32 points on the night. Then you had the redhead legend, Carson Wentz. I was was like, wait, is there someone I don't know about? (laughs) 24 points on the night. Elijah Moore, who Tyler told you not to pick up, 24 points on the night. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also thought you start Naheem Hines. He had 19. So there you know you go. Hey, I was getting to it. I was getting to it. Naheem Hines, solid game. Well, okay, we got to pause here real quick. So the Jets allowed 50 fantasy points between Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, and then last week. Uh, it's not going to help the average. Oh, never mind, never mind. Oh, no, no, definitely not. That has to be, like a honestly, like a season high for yeah. any team, I would imagine. 50 points. That, that's crazy. Big Herbs told you to start Naeem Hines, and I hope you did. Michael Pittman, 14 points on the night. Um, so not terrible, but it's kind of hoping for a bigger night. But take 14, no doubt about it. Honestly, I, I think it's it's good for Pittman. Um, obviously, we like to take more numbers, but it just kind of – He kinda, looked good, it, for sure. Yeah, it, it's kind of like contributing to what his floor is becoming as far as like a five-catch guy, hopefully get a touchdown because he's the number one receiver. It's looking good for him. 
I mean, he certainly established himself as a uh, set it and forget it type of player. Like he's in your lineup week in week out. You don't have to question it. Yeah. Would you honestly? Would you consider Jonathan Taylor the overall dynasty RB one? Yeah. This time, I I think it's obvious. I mean, we're coming off like we're literally fresh off of that Thursday night football game, so we're probably a little influenced by his incredible game. But with Derrick Henry out, I think it's it's becoming pretty obvious. I'm a Derrick Henry manager, and honestly. I really don't want to say this because we're in multiple leagues together, me and you guys, but I'm selling Derrick Henry ASAP. I'm just looking for the right buyer. In Dynasty, he's not RB1 anymore. Go get sure. yourself I Jonathan mean, Taylor. It'd be hard to, at this point, with you know where he's at in his career, too. You know, he Four straight years of like the amount of touches and everything. It's, it's amazing that he finally showed himself being slightly human and not a robot. Well, I'm hoping yeah. to capitalize on the fact that he might come back this season. Air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Air quotes. Uh, speaking of the week nine matchups, we're going to go through all of the rest of the games here in this show. Uh, teams on buys though, the lions, oof, uh, Seattle Seahawks, (laughs) uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team. So, uh, those four teams out, um, but let's get into our very first matchup here. The Cleveland Browns taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 46-and-a-half points. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is the big headline out of Cleveland as of right now. Major news! (laughs) He was excused from practice both Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, with head coach Kevin Stefanski telling the rest of the Browns um, that he is essentially off the team. So uh, most likely scenario is that Beckham gets released, and after clearing waivers, he'll be able to sign with any team as a free agent. So obviously you could speculate like where OBJ is going to go. I don't think that's like really a big, a huge deal, and like. Fantasy wise, if that really makes sense, I think where he goes, it's going to be pretty standard, like what he does. Um, I don't think it's going to be very explosive. I, I, I'm curious if you guys are even interested in him, say, in like trading for him right now and hoping he ends up in a good spot, like kind of trading low, buy low. No, <laughs> I'm not. I yeah. Mean, um, honestly, I would consider it once I knew where he was going. Um, and it might, you know, determine his value a little bit more, but. He's too much up in the air at this point. Um, yeah. Like I think if he goes to a team where he could be a true like receiver one there and really help out receiving core, is one thing. But like, I don't want teams that's going around this Kansas City because uh, they need something a little more explosive there and you know another guy to really complement uh, what they have with Tyreek. But uh, that seems super dicey to me going to the Kansas City. Like, uh, but if he goes you know someplace like New England and he being true number one there, plus have a couple of good receivers behind him and Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers. It's a pretty good spot. I think that his value would actually rise there. Yeah. See, that's why I bring it up. I'm not trying to drag this OBJ thing on, but I was really flirting with the idea of like buying low on him right now because of the uncertainty of where he might end up and hoping he ends up in a good situation and you might end up with like a flex player. Yeah. But see, that's the thing for me is like I don't necessarily know if you'll be able to buy low on Odell Beckham Jr. at any point. Like, what would you have to give up for a guy that? Um, has an uncertain future at this point. I mean, you, the, whoever's holding on to Odell still, 
at this point, like their imagination's running wild and they're like, Oh, you could go to New England and be the stud and yada yada or you could go to Kansas City, like all those scenarios are running through their mind. So you're gonna have to pay up because they think those things might actually become true and like he'll have some sort of fantasy relevance. To me it's just too much unknown and like not worth giving up any actual valuable pieces for a guy that I mean he hasn't been valuable so like for me it's just you're you're gonna have to give up too much for a guy that's just unknown at this point like Odell obviously the talent is there but there's so many different other storylines and things going into this that the future is so uncertain for me it's just not worth giving anything up really yeah, you might have honestly convinced me. I was really like, kind of just hoping for like a, a, a Hail Mary throw. like just. I mean, it depends on what they'd be willing to give up, but I, I imagine the person that's holding on to Odell still to this point like is going to want some sort of value. You know? Well, wouldn't they, at this point they'd be frustrated, I would think. Yeah, but they're sold on the name already. Like I wasn't even high on Odell going into the season at all. No. Like – at all so like Uh, as we know by now though we think a lot differently than a lot of people (laughs) yeah but whoever invested in them is obviously on thinking on a different level they they're still buying into that name like you know odell beckham jr that's what they're bought into so i don't know i don't think he's worth even i mean you can throw a you know a trade out there and see what happens but uh what about the uh browns backfield Sorry, everybody. (laughs) I was dragging it on. I I mean, the tangent there. Uh, But it is, honestly, it's worth talking about. But uh, Chubb, Dearness Johnson, uh, both had kind of lackluster games last week. Uh, You guys expecting a bounce back against the 27th ranked D uh, against running backs? Yeah, definitely. I I think it's inevitable. We already agree this is the best offensive line in the league. Yeah. And it's just... For some reason, people are low on Nick Chubb right now. I, At least from what I've been seeing, they're lower than what they have been. Like Nick Chubb was like a clear top five beginning of the season, and people are not thinking that anymore. Yeah, I don't really know why. He did get injured, but, I mean, the guy is still a beast, and he's still up there in top five and, like, broken tackles, all the cool running back stats, you know? Well, you were just saying that the Jets giving up 50-plus to Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines tonight. The Bengals gave up 45 combined combined points to Michael Carter and Ty Johnson <laughs> yeah. of the of the New York Jets. So, for me, I'm I'm right there with you. I think Chubb and DeErnest are both must-starts this week. If you have DeErnest, you can probably throw him in your flex. You probably have two other stud or good running backs that you would play ahead of him anyways, and I think – Dearness is a must flex, no doubt about it, this week. Yeah, I agree. And, like, if people are, like, low on Chubb for, right now for something, like, calm down. Like, really, calm down. He was a top 10 back before the injury and had has only been back for one game. He clearly wasn't fully 100% healthy yet, so, like, it's not surprising he had a subpar game. Not to mention, like, he's going against the Steelers' defense and knowing that they don't have any passing game right now, you know, with the injuries that they have yep. to Baker Mayfield and whatnot, of course they, they lowered the box and, you know, made it tough for them to run. Um, calm down on Nick Chubb. He's going to be just fine. Uh, what about anyone else on the Browns? Are you starting Landry, Najoku, Baker? OBJ was in that list. I had to uh, delete him. <laughs> <laughs> um, my gut makes me want to like Baker for this game just because, like, the controversy he's been dealing with. Like, as a competitor – um, I, I feel like if you dealt with something like that, you're going to come out and try to really 
put everything on the table and just give your all. So Baker is a candidate to have like a really big gain just on like kind of like an ego thing, but I don't think it's very likely. So yeah, Jarvis Landry to me, 10 targets last week. He's dealing with a knee injury, but he was back in limited fashion on Thursday. I think you got to keep an eye on what kind of practice he gets in Friday, but if he's a hundred percent ready to go, I think you can flex him. I think you can start him uh, just because of the pure volume. No more Odell. Like, let's just focus on the guys that are here that want to be here. And um, I think Jarvis could have a, a decent game. If Landry's out, do you dare with Peoples Jones? <laughs> it was weird. You like read my mind. I was thinking about asking it, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't ask it. And, and the answer is yes. Okay. Um, Oh, with Landry's, I, I, it's Peoples Jones is wide receiver one. Yeah. At that point, um, someone I kind of forgot about was Rashard Higgins. Not exactly like the most explosive guy, but you got to kind of keep an eye on him. See what what his usage is going to be with uh, OBJ being gone. Yeah. Right. Now Peoples Jones is also dealing with injury. Was limited at practice the last two days, also, so he could also be a game time decision. Oh, so I guess really kind of keep an eye on Rashard Higgins then mm-hmm. might have a chance at wide receiver one for them this week. Uh, what about on the other side? Bit of a tough matchup for Joe Mixon. Cleveland is ranked fifth against running backs this year. Um, they've been pretty vulnerable against the pass, though. Um, so I think that you know plays into that a little bit. Uh, but for me, you know, they obviously the defense is better against the run. Joe Burrow, um, for me is a must start this week. He almost was my start of the week. Didn't quite make it, but. It was a toss-up, honestly, between him and the guy I chose. But Joe Burrow has been the QB4 overall the last four weeks. He's averaging 23.7 points per game. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to have to rely on the passing game, and I think he'll have a big game. So, yeah, he's a must-start for me. To touch on Joe Mixon, I'm looking at like the Browns games against running backs right now, and they've had obviously been shutting down running backs, but every time they play against a, a backfield that has a sole running back, more or less, like Joe Mixon, um, they've given up a lot of points. Like when they went against um, Najee Harris, you know, they gave him 17 points. Uh, Austin Eckler gave him 27. Guys who dominate their backfields yeah. tend to do good against the Browns. They do better against committees for whatever reason. It might be a trend, but... So things look bad for Joe Mixon at first, but he's an obvious start anyways at this point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're obviously not going to sit Joe Mixon. Um, but I you know, I think you could temper expectations, but I don't know. That's a very interesting point you have there, Trey. Yeah, that's an interesting <clears throat> stat. So, and if that's the case, then, I mean, obviously you roll with him. He's probably still a top 10 uh, running back this week. And in terms of Joe Burrow, like, at this point, he's becoming a must-start week in, week out. He's a number yeah. eight QB on the season, not just the last four weeks where he was number four. He's still a top ten QB. Like he should be started yep. every week. Yep, started a little bit slow, but I think it was. I think from week two on, he's had eighteen or more fantasy points in every single game. So, yeah, he's also leading the league in passing uh, in terms of uh, attempts. So like they're they're slinging it around the around the field right now. Yeah, and for me because. Um, I think the Bengals are going to have to, even though Trey's kind of uh, convincing me otherwise now, but I think the Bengals are going to have to rely on the passing game a little bit more. Jamar Chase, obvious start, but like for Boyd and Higgins, I really like Higgins this week, but I also think you can flex Boyd. What do you guys think? I, I think Boyd is getting there, especially with like this, uh, um, <clears throat> this offense having the most pass attempts in the league so far, so obviously they're probably going to finish at that rate, probably with the most pass attempts. 
But I, at this point, I'm still avoiding Boyd and sticking with Higgins. It's tough. I mean, they're, they've both been, they've almost even on the year in terms of like the points they're putting up. And the thing is, like, they've both been super inconsistent. Like, you'll see a week where they put up 17, the next week they put up three. And so I think you're rolling a dice on which one you should go with. Um, yeah. I don't think either one of them is necessarily a bad play. The problem is picking which one is the right one to play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one who's getting more looks as of recent is T. Higgins. I, I know what yeah. you're saying, though. It's definitely a toss-up at this point. Uh, Broncos taking on the Cowboys. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are 9.5-point favorites. Uh, Over-under is 49.5 points. Jeez. Uh, Dak is expected to be back this week. Limited practice Wednesday. Full participant Thursday, though, so things are looking good for him. Um how do you guys feel about him coming back off the injury? Denver's only given up 14 points per game to quarterbacks, but in all honesty, they've only really played two good offenses, the Ravens and the Raiders. So what are you guys' thoughts on Dak Prescott? Are you automatic must start back in the lineup? Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not a question. I mean, when Dak is playing the last two years, I mean, obviously last year was cut short majorly by the ankle injury. He's been playing at an MVP type level. So, I mean, he's, he's a must start. Oh, yeah, and you, you kind of proved your point by saying like the best offenses they've played this year have been the Ravens and the Raiders. You guys obviously know I'm really high on Derek Carr, but the other quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, right? Better passer this year, but not one of the best passers. So them going against Dak Prescott this this week is going to be the best quarterback that they've gone against this year probably as far as um, just being dangerous. He can really put up a lot of points. <laughs> uh, CD sprained his ankle in practice on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday, Amari Cooper is also dealing with a hamstring issue. Um, he was quoted saying, I think it'll be all right for the game on Sunday. Uh, are you guys concerned at all with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb? And if so, are you looking to start the other guys? Um, if Amari Cooper's injured, do not start that man. He has not resembled, he has not shown one ounce of toughness in his NFL career. <laughs> that's a that's my Raiders take. I'll give yeah. you a real take now. Honestly, though, if Cooper uh, Amari Cooper is dealing with an injury, I'll be honest. He's not a tough guy. He's not going to battle through it. Don't start him. C.D. Lamb also though sprained an ankle on Wednesday in practice. I mean that's tough. Like he might not that's, play. It's quick turnaround. If it was a bad sprain, like it's gonna be hard for him to play Sunday. Um, I mean, yeah, Amari Cooper, I, he's been hurt quite often this year and has been, you know, inconsistent. I benched him last week, and he, it burned me. I'm a little upset by it, uh, especially because I started Mike Williams in this place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I lost my game by a point to Trey. So, not a, yeah, all kinds of poor judgment last week on my part. Good uh, job. <laughs> so, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, if these guys aren't – if a Cooper and CeeDee Lamb aren't able to go – are we, I mean, or even if they're limited up till Sunday, are they flex flexible? I mean, I feel like you could definitely start Gallup and probably Cedric Wilson, especially if both those guys aren't able to go. If Amari Cooper isn't there, Michael Gallup is worth a start. Um, he's, he can definitely produce when Cooper's not there. Yes, as long as he actually plays yeah i mean uh, he's, he's coming back off ir he too, is but this is, and this is his second week of, of practicing so that's a good sign but they still haven't determined what his status is for sunday yet okay so i'm gonna 180 on my take on dak 
and not starting this week because he's coming <laughs> off an injury. And there were, the receivers are too hobbled, man. There, there are, there's more consistent options in the waiver wire. At least there should be for you. Someone like with a floor of 17 points and instead of hopefully starting Dak and him maybe going out midway through the game. Yeah, I mean, Cedric Wilson had a nice game against Minnesota and, you know, only off of three targets. He had three receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. So I keep an eye on him, um, you know, moving up into the week, possible solid flex play if, if these guys are all hobbled going into the game. Yeah. Honestly, though, um, if any if CD or Amari Cooper does play, I'm fine playing either one, even if they're hobbled. Yeah. Me too. I, you have to. If, you know, if they're active and they're playing, you you have to play. Um, there's really still no clarification on the Broncos' backfield. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon had a better game last week, but they're essentially splitting carries, which has been the the story. Uh, really all all year. So um, they're not. It's it's the matchups tough. It's the eighth ra- eighth ranked Dallas defense um, against running backs. So, are you playing either one? Are you flexing these guys? I mean, I've been kind of throwing Javante Williams into my flex on in deeper leagues. Um, just the possibility that he'll get in the end zone. But how do you feel about him this week going up going up against Dallas? It, it sucks because, like you, you said, it, there's no clarification yet. Like the snaps are pretty even, but like I was, I was I brought up earlier, like cool running back stats, right? You know, like as far as like. Uh, broken tackles force, you know, big runs, stuff like that. Javante Williams is another guy who's up there with like Nick Chubb in that category with all these cool running back stats. So he's obviously a more dynamic running back. It's just a matter of him getting more snaps. So what about the receivers? I'm curious about if Diggs is going to be shadowing Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton this week. Um, I think one of those guys has a big game, but I'm not sure which one it's going to be. I feel like Trayvon Diggs is gonna he's gonna shadow either Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, and I don't really know who it'll be. Maybe probably Jerry Judy, but um, I think one of those guys has a big game. Is Diggs really the shutdown corner? I, I, I'm gonna have to look into it myself. Honestly, he shut down Jefferson. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Just, did he stay on him the whole game? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. And he absolutely really shut him, him down. Okay. That's I, the only reason you I beat you in Dynasty. Because Justin Jefferson got shut down. See, see I, I, that's a genuine question, honestly. Because obviously he has all these interceptions and whatnot. But I just keep hearing all this uh, one eighty talk as far as like, oh, he's getting these interceptions, but he's getting burnt constantly. So it's just like a matter oh. of him. Like, he's good, dude. <laughs> he's really good. I can dig it. He's really good. Uh, I mean, up until last week's game against Minnesota, he's had a pick in every game. Yeah, he's he's solid and quarterbacks you know whatever he's giving up all these yards quarterbacks aren't going to throw his way if he's out here ball hawking everything they don't want to throw picks man that's how you lose a job at quarterback they're not going to throw his way if he's shadowing a a certain receiver why why throw his way when you have other options right that's what they're going to tell you um so i'm a little bit worried about that for the receivers i think it's more likely that he shadows jerry judy but I don't know because Cortland Sutton's their out, like outside guy, deep target. Um, so see, that's why I actually I think it might be Sutton. Maybe. <laughs> see, I'm leaning Sutton. If he's yeah. gonna follow someone, I think it's gonna be Sutton because he's the big play guy. Sutton's yeah. not like Jerry Judy can cross up anybody uh, as a route runner. Like he's a special route runner. 
Um, I don't care who's on him. Um, he, he'll get his. But, like, Corrin Sutton, like, if you take away that deep pass, you know, it, and limit the offense to just intermediate and short passes, like, that, that wins you a ball game. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, Jerry Judy for sure. He was almost my start of the week. Same. Almost. That's okay, how much I like So, him. yeah, Joe, let's go Jerry Judy then. I do want to take one quick step back, too, on Javante Williams. Trey brought up that point about, like, him being he's, like, top 10 in the league in explosive plays and, like, making and, you know, forced broken tackles. He's also the second worst in the league getting stuffed at the line. Yeah. It's super interesting how it. Weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he's like a, the definition of like an all or nothing type of back on any given play. It's crazy. Interesting. Uh, Houston Texans taking on the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are six and a half point favorites. The over under is 46 points. It is in Miami. Tyrod Taylor expected to start week nine. He's back. The lungs are looking good. Taylor getting the nod. He should be um, an improvement to this offense, hopefully. Did you not like my word choice of Boone? I was <laughs> trying to read that while I was talking. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. So I'm just going to keep saying whatever comes to my mind. Daniel uh, Boone? And not try to read whatever the hell that is. What kind of squirrel hat is this? <laughs> so for me, I really like Brandon Cooks this week. Obviously, I think, you know, he's really the only startable option on the Texans, right? Yep. And with Tyrod back, I think he's a must start. Ooh. Tyrod Taylor himself? No, no, no. Oh. Brandon Cooks because Tyrod's back. Oh, okay. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Maybe throw Cooks down when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, spicy. I, I totally agree with that. I, I'm curious what you guys think about their backfield. Rex Burkhead had the most, the most snaps for them last week. I, yeah. Which is like so surprising. Oh, avoid I just, that backfield. Like, I mean, yeah, he was the third string running back last week. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, he just somehow good. still exists to vulture anything that he can. It was like fifty percent. If I'm, if I'm, that's remember that's right. crazy. Yo, but David Culley, you know, I mean, isn't he part of the Belichick fucking coaching tree? Uh, I think so. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, so uh, sounds you know, like it name. makes sense. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Tua. Looking like a good stream this week. They get the Houston Texans. They're favored. Um, decent amount of uh, – a decent over-under. Not crazy, but they're definitely expecting some points to be scored. Um, Texans are giving up 20 points per game to quarterbacks this year. You guys must start in Tua this week. I think that's obvious at this point. The only person they've shut down, air quotes, since um, I keep doing that for some reason, um, is Mac Jones and the Patriots, which we all know. he He's a decent quarterback for sure. He just doesn't throw touchdowns. Other than that, it's 20-point floor against the Texans. For sure. Uh, two is my stream of the week. He's not my star of the week, but if I'm am streaming quarterbacks and he's available, that's the guy I'm picking up. How is he available? I It just blows my mind. Well, if you've been listening to the show, Trey called Tua as his start of the week. Like four weeks ago or well, something. It was, it was two a- weeks ago when he was the quarterback one, when he finished as the QB one overall. Um, and so solid call, and it's he's been on fire since then. So hopefully you're listening and getting that good info. I'm taking Tanga Valoa to a moon. <laughs> um. Uh, what are we doing about the receivers, though? You, you start in Devontae Parker. He's 52% rostered. You could probably still pick him up and play him. Uh, he had 11 targets, 8 receptions, 85 yards in his return from the hamstring in- injury. 
He's consistently getting eight targets per game. Starting him? I am. I'm still starting because the target share is great, but the one thing that is definitely worrisome, he's getting no looks in the red zone. Uh, I saw this on NFLSavant.com, which is a great website, by the way, if any of you guys want to go like get real deep analysis on it. But um, he's only getting a 5.7% target share in the red zone versus Jalen Waddle getting almost 29%. It's, and Gusecki's up there, too. Gusecki's up at like 23% in the red zone. It's How crazy. you reading my mind? That's what I was going to ask you. Like, who's second? <laughs> it's Gusecki. And, he, and I didn't put it down on here, but it's like 23 24%. It's way up there. Gusecki's a must-start for me this week. By Someone the way. I've been high on for weeks, by the way. Yeah, absolute must-start. And... Maybe a little bit more obvious since he's been kind of coming to, but um, he, he's moved into like top eight discussions on yeah, a lot of websites where I'm looking freak. at like rankings and stuff. And it came out of like, it didn't come out of nowhere, but like, it's definitely nice to see. Yeah, we might be talking about Kasiki later in the starts of the week. Who knows? Sicky. Ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, Miles Gaskin, the last guy I'll mention here, I think he's worth a flex this week. Uh, Texans, it's just a bad defense. They're giving up 22.8 fantasy points a week to the running back position. Um, no Malcolm Brown. I think Miles Gaskin will get a good share of that 22.8 points. Um, so I think he's flex worthy this week for sure. But that's it, right? Yeah, he's frustrating. With Ma- with Malcolm Brown out, he definitely becomes a less frustrating start <laughs> yeah he's you know up and down but last week he's down so this week it should be up <laughs> uh <laughs> he said he's only had two good games this, this week this year yeah. guys i mean he's mostly down yeah mostly but, um, down but i think if you're going to start him for sure this week against the texans you can flex him. i would say maybe three good games is 10 points a good game for a running back in this fantasy landscape i mean out of your flex, but yeah. most people he wasn't drafted as a flex for most people. Yeah, and that was also week one. So yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense. Honestly, um I understand what you're saying, but I've been burned by this guy like more than once this oh, year. Oh, it hurts. It hurt, yeah. For sure it hurts. Like I don't I already traded him away in the one league that I had him <laughs> in. I traded him away. So I don't have to come I, but if if he was on my team, I would you, strongly consider flexing him. Yeah, yes. that, and that's fair. You probably don't have much many better options but boy am i nervous yeah well see like this is the thing like with how inconsistent and bad he's been with overall standings he's the 18th running back in ppr and 24th in standard which makes him um just from those numbers obviously like they're very vague but that makes him a a quote-unquote starter yeah it makes him an rb2 yeah so yeah um from those which is like that's super vague but i think that's interesting to point out yeah, but you know, I think the the issue is just the consistency, right? Big game and then a, and then a bunch of you know duds. The Tyler Lockett of running backs, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, uh, actually, that's a, that's actually a great analogy. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints. Saints are six point favorites. Over unders forty two and a half points. Uh, Calvin Ridley stepping away from the game for personal reasons should have. Um, you know, it is having an impact on this Atlanta Falcons offense. Um, Kyle Pitts right now. Okay, so let's just talk about the matchup. First of all, the Saints are a good defense, mostly against the run. Um, for me, uh, Kyle Pitts is a must start, like 
basically week in and week out, especially with Calvin Ridley out, right? Uh, the real question comes into the next couple of guys, Russell Gage, Tajay Sharp. The Saints are giving up the fourth most points to receivers per game. So is this a game because teams can't get it done on the on the ground against the Saints? They tend to throw it you know, through the air. Would you consider starting either one of these guys? And if so, who would it be? Russell Gage, Tajay Sharp. Obviously, you got to think of Cordell Patterson there as well. He's the running back 10 on the year um, and should be getting some more receiving work with, with Calvin Ridley out as well. So, you know, with, with Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts there, um, is Russell Gage or Tajay Sharp worth a flex this week? I, my, my first reaction is no. I mean, Tajay Sharp is um, someone who's been around and we've – we've seen in the fantasy landscape, someone who's not really very explosive or dynamic, really kind of like someone who might contribute in PPR, I guess is what I would think maybe. And Russell Gage, someone who has like a career average of 10 yards per catch, which is extremely low for a receiver. His usage is a little different this, this year in one game, he averaged 17 yards a catch, but that's one game. He's only played two games this year. He's such a question mark and how they're going to use him now. He's obviously their wide receiver once so you have to hold on to him, but I'm not starting him. Yeah, Gage, he did get a excuse me, a uh, full workload at practice today, so that's a good sign um, that he's uh, looks like to be back to 100%. Um, but shoot, man, it's dicey like I mean, I, I do I even like I I took a hard look at Olamide Zakia, Zacchaeus, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. This week I even took a hard look at that just cuz like I don't know what's going to happen, but someone yeah. other than Kyle Pitts has to step up for this offense. Yeah. Olamide Zacchaeus. Sure, but thank you. <laughs> isn't, isn't that way worse than the way that I like originally pronounced Olamide Zacchaeus? Yeah, that sounds way better. It sounds very Greek, like he's a Greek god, right? Or like a like, Roman oh, emperor, Olamide Zacchaeus. It's like, oh, geez, who's like this kid you're hiding in the shed? In the Are you not entertained? Olamide, <laughs> get back in the shed. <laughs> um, wow, yeah. did he just go from like gladiator to slave? <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Same thing, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Yep, they were slaves. Um, what a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the question remains. I mean, Tajay Sharp, six targets, five reception, 58 yards last week. I don't think you can rely on either one of these guys um, for fantasy purposes yet. We'll see what happens. But Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson, I think, are the only starts on the Falcons offense this week. Um, unless... I mean, Tyler, I've seen you put a note in here for Hayden Hurst. I did that, actually. Oh, okay. That, that's my note. I'll, I'll just dive into it. It's it's not very, like, it's not a big deal. It's in a deeper league kind of thing. I think Hayden Hurst might have, might be useful this week just because of the Saints um, having a really impressive pass rush, which inclines them to put a two tight end set out, especially with all their wide receivers being injured yeah. or gone. So I think that inclines them to be more in a two tight end set, which obviously the more he's on the field, the more chances he has to score. Super deep play, but it's a play. Extremely deep take. I didn't even know Hayden Hurst was even on the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, he's still like he's rolling around like 40 percent snap percentage. He's there in a, in a two tight end sense. We know what he's capable of when he was on the Ravens. Very very capable receiver. He is. I mean, they brought him in last year to be the tight end number one and kind of be that pass catcher. And then you know they got the chance to draft Kyle Pitts for like yo douche like bye. Yeah. But that's I'm the thing that. is, like, Pitts, Pitts will line up outside, too, you know what I mean, like, as an actual receiver. So, 
Um, I think you got to take. Actually, I didn't even think about that. Kyle Pitts lining up outside and Hayden Hurst playing the traditional tight end role could be like the best option for this offense. Yeah. Damn. How far are we in this recording? I'm going to separately record this and put the clip out so we can be famous. <laughs> we called it. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Taysom Hill is expected to be available for week nine. Um, if he's healthy and ready to go, he's expected to be the starter. I mean, I don't see them moving on with – I mean, Trevor Simeon just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's, you know, hey, hats off. Honestly, good win. But uh, Taysom Hill, for all fantasy purposes and for all of us fantasy managers, we all are praying it's Taysom Hill with the start. Um, if he's starting, to me, he's a must-start. Um, might have to talk about him later. But uh, he was a full participant in practice on Thursday. Technically hasn't been named the starter yet, but that's the overall feeling. Um, what about Alvin Kamara, though? Are you guys worried about him at all in this week, or is he – you're not worried about him? I mean, even if you are worried about him, you have to start him. It's just kind of one of those things, honestly. Um, with the Taysom Hill thing, though, like, I want, you, I want you guys to tell me if I'm wrong here thinking this. Like, I have him on my bench. I'm not starting him just because I don't know if, like, Sean Payton's going to throw Trevor Simeon out there for – whatever he displayed last week maybe more accuracy i don't even know but i i just now i'm questionable on like Taysom hill compared to like last weekend before the game just knowing Taysom hill's going to come in and be a beast this makes me question it more so am i wrong or like what do you guys think no i mean i i in the one league i have him in i am i think i have him in a couple leagues actually but um there's one league that i have aaron Rodgers as my starter and obviously i'm I picked up Taysom Hill in waivers this week, so I'm going to start Taysom Hill in that league. But I feel, like, super excited about it. You know what I mean? If he's the starter, like, I'm really excited about it. So You don't think, like, that Simeon's going to come in at all at any I, point? I really think Sean Payton likes Taysom Hill. I think – I mean, there's a reason he's kept him around for this long. Yeah. Even as, a, like, a gacha play guy. Um, the one thing that does worry me a little bit, we have to remember when he the, – out of the, when he first got his a couple starts last week, and – Leagues, you could actually start him as your tight end, even though he was starting at quarterback for those yeah. first two weeks, and it kind of made the whole point scheme a little weird because, like, you're basically guaranteeing yourself 18 points at the tight end position. Um, so I mean, that hurt helped a lot. I don't know if it that necessarily helps a ton when he has to be the starting quarterback on your team. Well, okay. I mean, it, it's 18 points, but I'm just like, going to tell you right now. Carson Wentz put up 24 today. Taysom Hill is my start of the week at quarterback as long as he's starting. But I think the running ability is just undeniable. Um, in his four starts at quarterback last year, he averaged 53 rushing yards a game, and he had four rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns in those four games. Um, I think he's, like, if he's starting at quarterback, Sean Payton's a great coach. They're going to scheme shit up. He's going to run. He's going to rely on his legs. He's a great athlete. Um, I think he's an automatic must start. Like, don't even worry about it if he's starting at quarterback. Interesting. It's gonna honestly, it's like six it's, touchdowns. It's a hit. It's a hit or miss. Four play. games. Four of those on the ground. I have faith in him if he's in the whole game, <laughs> for yeah. sure. I think. Yeah. I, I think it's it could be hit or miss. I think it's gonna be a home run. Um, it, it should be it probably solid. 
like you know maybe get 15 points um probably as a floor but it could be a home run too it's it's dicey um in terms of what his production could be now as an Alvin Kamara owner myself and I have been for three years he's been my keeper for for a while now with with Kamara um out of those four games that Taysom Hill did start last last year uh Kamara did have two of his worst show or the two worst showings of his season yeah putting up five and ten points and that worries me a little bit. Those were in the first two starts with Taysom Hill, and then he picked it back up to his kind of his normal level after that. But it still worries me a little bit that um, sometimes Taysom, or not Taysom, but uh, Sean Payton likes to play with his new toys when they're in there and can kind of ignore the uh, the tried and true that that's already there. Yep. I think there is reason to be worried for sure. I mean, it's a whole different offense when, when um, Taysom Hill's out there. Um, so I mean, it's kind of like Alvin Kamara's Woody and Taysom Hill's Buzz. But it, it's kind of crazy, like how. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it it I honestly think it speaks to how good of a coach Sean Payton is. Like, if you would have asked me if the Saints are going to be five and two at this point in the season, like I wouldn't. They're five and two, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're five and two. I honestly would be like no chance, but. Um, here they are at five and two, I think. Uh, <laughs> yes, they're five and two. They've okay. had a bye week. I love how you just like throw us that. Like, I think I'm correct. <laughs> I, honestly, I questioned myself, but um, Las Vegas Raiders, just because it was like week nine, and I was like five and two equals seven. Did they have a bye? And then yeah, I was questioning that. But Las Vegas Raiders taking on the New York Giants is our next matchup here. The Raiders are. Two and a half point favorites over unders forty six and a half points. Um, well, I guess we can't uh, skip over the obvious <laughs> news here. Um, can I take this one over? Sure, as yeah, a local can, Raiders fan. Yeah, you can yeah. take it over. Sure. Henry Ruggs III, owner of the Speed Kills merchandise brand. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know the news about Henry Ruggs and and the DUI. I'm not even going to get into that. I, I don't think we should even get into like the news of the DUI. We're just going to talk about who's going to replace him and who's like a valuable, um, yeah. Uh, who, how that changes the Raiders offense fantasy wise. Right. Yep. That and is very fair. We've, we've talked about this a little bit pre podcast. This is my take. I think the two players that are mostly affected, um, are going to be Zay Jones and Kenyon Drake. Right. Um, Brian Edwards is like the obvious person you think of like the next wide receiver up. And he's up there in PFF as far as contested catch and stuff like that. He can definitely high point balls. He's not very good at creating separation, though. And he's not going to replace Henry Ruggs. Zay Jones is the person that will probably replace Henry Ruggs in that offense. If you're looking for someone to kind of reproduce Henry Ruggs' numbers, which weren't even that impressive in the first place. Um, really boom or bust. And Kenyon Drake, I think, is, is going to get more receiving work. So I, I really don't think it changes the Raiders' landscape that much. It was already pretty unpredictable. They love to spread the ball. Um, Brian Edwards stays the same for me. Zay Jones becomes a possible flex if you're feeling ballsy. Yeah, I you know I think we stick to the the fantasy aspect of this. And um, according to NBC Sports Edge Football, uh, Zay Jones will presumably take over the Z the team's starting Z receiver. I'm just gonna jump in as a Raiders fan. That shit don't matter, dude. I watch every yeah. snap of I, this team for years. I are, I know for a fact. Zay Jones is replacing Henry Ruggs. Yeah. It's just, there's no other person they have on the roster that can even be that person. Yeah. And I think you're right. And 
I honestly, overall, I think this ball will be spread out quite a bit, you know, between, you know, and you got Darren Waller, you know, making his return from the injury. Um, so like that's their number one wide receiver. And it was before, Hen- you know, before the Henry Ruggs incident happened. So, well, let's look at like the bottom line for Henry Ruggs, right? As far as like what, what he was doing, what he was taking away from the rest of the Raiders offense fantasy wise, right? Averaging about five targets a game. Yeah. So th- those five targets a game, honestly, knowing the Raiders, they're going to get split up pretty evenly. Like I could see it being like one target to Drake, one to Edwards, one to Jones. Like it's just going to like, it- it's like, going to spread out so evenly. No one's going to be se- uh, severely affected. Like, let's be real here. Obviously like the news sucks and like someone lost their life and that's super fucked up. And you know, rugs is pretty much screwed for the rest of his life. But for the Raiders and from fantasy perspective, like they're the production won't be that hard to replace. I don't think. Right. I mean, just from like a Eagle eye point of view, like I don't think it's going to impact them that much. Now now that I think about a little bit, honestly, I think you're right. Um, I can see Zay Jones filling in almost like a Tyrell Williams type role. Someone I keep bringing up on the podcast. He's a former, a former Raider, but someone who's like, um physically gifted as far as like their stature height and weight and whatnot not exactly like athletically supreme though you know kind of like above average and they're good enough to get the job done and they're gonna you know maybe produce about 10 points a game yeah i mean i think he can replace uh i think he replaces rugs adequately though I mean, sure, Zay Jones isn't quite as fast. It's not like he's like slow. You know, he he's, he's still got tons of speed. But you know, Henry yeah. Ruggs is like the fastest guy in the NFL, arguably. So, um, I think Zay Jones will be just fine. And I don't. I think I kind of agree with James. I don't think it changes the offense that much. Yep. Um, Which is actually honestly, it's a good news for Raiders fans because like they've been humming this year so far and should continue to do so. I mean, they, they saw this last thing I'll say. Th- th- we saw it last year. Henry Ruggs wasn't really coming along as fast as they thought he would, and they were using Nelson Aguilar, someone who was basically thrown to the fucking wind in the offseason, and they turned him into someone that was a desired offseason target. Yeah. and j- Just from Derek Carr being willing to throw the ball deep to him, and he he already is willing to throw it deep to Zay Jones anyways. Yeah. So other side of the ball, um, obviously you're starting Darren Waller if he starts, uh, and Josh Jacobs, um, and I think we made it pretty clear you're starting Kenyon Drake. Uh, this week as well, right? I, I think honestly, this week Kenyon Drake is a strong, a stronger start than Josh Jacobs. Obviously, we disagree with it, but with Josh Jacobs coming off an injury, I I I've not seen him. I, I just haven't seen him at a hundred percent yet. We're, we're assuming he's at a hundred percent at this point, but he's just not looking the same. Word on the street is the bye week did him well. He's off the injury report completely. I think he comes out with a a bit of a. Uh, Vinegar and his piss. What is that? Piss, piss and his vinegar. vinegar? Did I say it back? I don't know. They both taste the same. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, a chip on his shoulder. Like I, he hasn't eclipsed fifty-three yards yet this season, uh, but he's been scoring touchdowns, like three touchdowns in the last three games that he played. Um, yeah, I think he's a really good starter. I think Kenyon Drake's a starter too. Honestly, I, I think you got a, a, a good point there. So. It just, but, just with Jacobs like not being 100%, that's just the whole thing. But if he is 100%, Jacobs is definitely going to be a beast. That's the word on the streets, but we'll see. Uh, other side of the ball, though, Saquon Bar- Barkley. 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 
Why'd you say his name so bad? I don't know. <laughs> it's Saquon. It's the, all the fucking... Saquon. Barely. <laughs> it's all the bubble stuff. Barely stash. there. Uh, is aiming for a return against Las Vegas. Uh, he's been out since week five with that ankle sprain. He had a false positive COVID test on Wednesday. Uh, so his status for Sunday is currently in doubt. That's the one area the Raiders are vulnerable this year, which is so surprising. The Raiders are pretty good against the pass this year, but against the run, they all they are vulnerable. Like, geez, vulnerable. They're among they're amongst the bottom of the league in rush defense. Yeah. So, Tyler, what are you doing with Saquon, man? Are you playing him? Well, not if he's not in the game. <laughs> I mean, his status for Week Nine is pretty up in the air. There's already like that false positive, and he's still coming back from the ankle injury. And, and on they top, have a bye next week. And they have a bye next week. So I am leaning towards Saquon not playing anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, as much as he wants to play, I think the team's going to take it easy for him. I mean, he's, you know, he's the, their best player, and that's not in question. So I think they they sit him one more week, let him get, you know, two weeks of, of rest, and then comes back week 11, and, you know, probably booms finally. Uh, Sterling Shepard missed practice again on Thursday. He left just before halftime with a quad injury last week. Uh, it's not looking good. Uh, non-contact injuries, probably going to miss this week. Um, Slayton and Tony will probably fill in as the top wideouts for the game. I think Galladay is not looking good either. I'm pretty sure uh, he won't be available. So Slayton and Tony, what are you guys doing against? You know, are you are you starting those guys against the fourth best defense against wide receivers this year? This is a tough one as a Raiders homer. I'll be honest. Um, Pro Football Focus has Casey Hayward, our outside cornerback, number one cornerback of the year so far, as far as grade goes. And we have Nate Hobbs as our nickelback, number one nickelback of the year so far this year as a rookie. It's As much as I would like to put faith in the Raiders' defense, I feel like one of these guys is bound to go off. But at the same time, the stats definitely tell you otherwise. It's got to be Tony, right? I mean, like, for me, if I'm starting one of these guys, the upside of Tony is just he's a he's a really good player. Definitely. Yeah, and so Galladay looks like he will play this week. Uh, he logged a full practice today there on Thursday. So. Oh, he did? Yeah, wow. so he, he sh- he'll probably play. Um, well, but that think, changes things. I don't know. Galladay hasn't done jack this year. <laughs> well, no, it kind of depends but, on what kind of injury he's coming back from and how how long he's had to recover, things like that. Honestly, I kind of just assumed he was out this week. I didn't really look at him. Yeah. So we got Galladay, Slayton, and Tony then. Tony's limited. Uh, He's actually questionable. He was limited on Thursday. So I guess keep an eye on this uh, situation on Friday. If nothing changes, just avoid those guys, honestly. It it sounds crazy, especially as a fantasy person. It's the first time in my life playing fantasy (laughs) where I would not start a receiver against the Raiders. And, and, I mean, that's like we're talking like 12 years of playing fantasy football. It's the first time I've ever felt like you just honestly might be making a bad play starting a receiver against the Raiders. Yeah, it's kind of up in the air and, like, honestly – like you said, Galladay hasn't done anything all year. He had one, you know, big game, 100-yard game at least against New Orleans in week four. But, uh, I mean, the only one I'd want to start is Tony. But if he's not 100% healthy and ready to go, 
Uh, I'm avoiding this wide receiver group too. Kadarius Tony or Devontae Booker? Who's going to score more points? Booker. Yeah, I'd say Booker too. Yeah, I mean, definitely. they're 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 definitely you know weak against the run, so that's where I'd lean also. Yeah, I I thought the same. I was curious. Uh, New England Patriots taking on the Carolina Panthers. Patriots are four point favorites. Over under forty one points. Uh, Darnold has been terrible as of late. Left the game uh, against the Falcons with a concussion. It's really unclear if he's going to be able to play. P.J. Walker's uh, likely to step in or is going to step in as a starter if Darnold's out. So Christian McCaffrey has been uh, back in practice. It's possible that he plays in week nine, but more likely that he's back in week 10. Um, So for me at this point right now, like I'm not starting anyone on the Carolina Panthers, not even DJ Moore. DJ Moore, less than 10 points in three out of the last four games. In weeks one through four, DJ Moore was the wide receiver four overall. Weeks four through eight, he's the wide receiver 19. Um, it's been tough. I'm, I don't like this matchup. I don't like. Can we pause there real quick? Honestly, that, that, that honestly is a perfect example of why you have to play matchups and not go off of trends. Yeah. Like you really have to kind of like look into things and. Obviously, that wouldn't like explain his his fall off from week one to four, but you got to really look into those things because like someone like he's killing it week one through four, and now he's nothing. So like not nothing, but he's uh, you know. Now, with that being said, receiver nineteen still means he's a starting receiver. Yeah, but and even in ten team leagues, he's a number two receiver. He's on weeks, but I see but, what you're saying. But you got to look at the matchup. Like no, no Sam Darnold. P.J. Walker starting, and they're playing Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I don't like that. I don't mean. Well, you said I don't, like, I don't like it either. But I mean, is Darnold out for sure? Not yet. Not it's it's unknown. He practiced slightly the last two days. We'll see what happens. The um, last four weeks, DJ Moore's had six points, seven points, ten points, seven points. Honestly, um, how's that receiver nineteen? That seems crazy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, it's because week one through four is so nuts. Yeah, it's week like, one it's, through four is anchoring. Oh his no, I, I'm sorry. I thought there. you said like just just weeks one through four through eight. He was receiver nineteen. Just those weeks. So you mean overall still? No, weeks four through eight. He's wide receiver nineteen, according to uh, fantasy football pros. Okay. Well, the, I'm just gonna dive into this here. Okay, because I, I, if San Darnold does play, I almost think it gives. The Panthers are worst chance because he's been playing so horrible lately. Two touchdowns, three turnovers in the last three games. P.J. Walker might have a better chance. And honestly, I'm buying in now on the Panthers, like avoiding them this week just because of the uncertainty at quarterback. P.J. Walker had a horrible showing in his first um, game time. So um, it's likely he's going to be bad in his second game. I don't think you have a choice. But the, at least I think DJ Moore is probably at least in your flex because I, if you draft him, you drafted him in the probably top five rounds, top you know five or six. Like you, you like who else are you gonna play? Honestly, you probably have to start him. Yeah, I can see him in the flex for sure. Robbie Anderson though, we could all agree no, definitely. No, get Robbie the Anderson hell shouldn't even be out rostered. Here. Honestly, at this point, Robbie Anderson shouldn't even be rostered. Yeah, no, I'm not starting. Should we come else? up with like a name for him so we just don't have to say his name anymore? I'm Side so Joe frustrated. Bob. Yeah, Remember he's Sideshow oh, Bob? Oh yeah, Sideshow Bobby. No bueno. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up the Simpsons sideshow Bob. Put a 
put put their faces next like side by side, you'll understand. <laughs> it's uncanny. It's uncanny. Uh, Buffalo Bills taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Bills are fourteen and a half point favorites. The over under is forty eight and a half points. Um, James Robinson on the Jacksonville side is considered day to day right now with a bruised heel and missed practice Thursday. So if he's out, Carlos Hyde would obviously be in 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 line for a pretty large workload. Uh, but this Buffalo defense is stingy. Are you guys playing any Jacksonville Jaguars at this point? No, no. And if you uh, want to know my <laughs> my note on this game was honestly fuck the entire offense against the Bills <laughs> because like. There's nobody worth playing. Honestly, though, one person I would play on the Jacksonville Jaguars is Dan Arnold, and that's it. it, it, it yeah, we'll be honest. Dan Arnold has moved in the top ten discussion in tight ends, and it's Dan Arnold yeah. is a good play at tight end because apparently uh, Urban thinks he's the best receiver on the team and is giving him a ton of targets for a tight end. So I'd play Dan Arnold. Um, outside of that, I mean, if you want to rely on Jamal Agnew. Number thirty nine for Replacing the Jacksonville. He, he wears number thirty nine and he plays wide receiver on an NFL team. So if you want to rely on that, go ahead. But last I'm time not. James was that mad is when he saw me on the football field as a <laughs> wide receiver wearing a lineman helmet. Yeah, yes, sir. And yeah, so I mean, I I kind of went off at a tangent last episode about this Jacksonville offense and and. Urban Meyer and how terrible of a coach he is in the NFL. But, look, you can't start LaVisca. You can't start Marvin Jones. You just can't because you don't know what the hell is going to happen with this offense. And apparently Jamal Agnew is their best receiver, according to Urban Meyer. So, can't start him. I won't start him. But if you want, you know, I mean, in the fact that I'm not starting LaVisca this week, he's probably going to go off for 20-plus. But I'm not going to do it again. So, uh, on the Buffalo side, Stefan Diggs are starting. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, you know, obviously had a, a stinker last week. Only four, he had four targets, which is his least on the year, and no receptions. So obviously a bad game. Um, but I think this week against Jacksonville, you can start him. Um, Jacksonville has given up the third most deep passes on the year, 27 total. And Emmanuel Sanders is averaging over 18 air yards per target. Uh, from from week three to six, Sanders Sanders was the wide receiver seven overall. I think this is a bounce back game, and he sneaks his way into the end zone. Hopefully, Stephon Diggs too. But both of them, I think you can start. What do you guys think? And also, would you start Cole Beasley? I, I'm avoiding Cole Beasley this week. PPR God, but I just don't see the the game script favoring him. It just doesn't make sense. I to agree. Me. I also completely agree there. So yeah, start Sanders or flex Sanders, uh, sitting Beasley. I like Zach Moss this week. Um, I would start Zach Moss. I would not start Devin Singletary. What about you guys? Why? <laughs> um, Zach Moss has the receiving work, but he's also averaging more than sixty percent of the rushing attempts. I think he's a really good start this week. Yeah, I mean, last week was the first game this year he's had less than 12 points, um, and he still had like eight, which isn't great, but, you know, 12 points as a flex play is is good, and he's just continuing to get the most work in the backfield. Yeah, I think he's a super solid start against the shitty Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer. 
Hope he runs all over him. <laughs> I, I just I hate that team right now. <laughs> I hate that team right now. Um, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are five-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 49-and-a-half. Um, Vikings are fifth worst against the receiver position this year. Um, how do you guys feel about Hollywood and Rashad Bateman? Starting them both? I'm flexing them both. <laughs> um, which, I mean, yeah, I, if I have either one on my team, I'm probably playing them. Um, I think this is the week that Rashad Bateman does solidify himself as the number one receiver on this offense. And I know that's tough, like, in terms of, like, being a receiver number one in terms of fantasy. But I think that definitely puts him into a week-in, week-out starter. Yeah, for me, it's Lamar Jackson, uh, Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown, and Mark Andrews, and I'm not touching the running backs. Latavius Murray missed practice Wednesday and Thursday. I mean, that's not a very good sign coming off a whole bye week. He's probably not going to play. If he's out, you know, uh, uh, Freeman's your best option. Devonta. Yeah, and there's really no upside there, I don't think, with uh, Freeman – Le'Veon Bell and Tyson Williams, it's there's no upside. You shouldn't be going to that backfield at this point uh, for anything. Well, for, yeah, Freeman's the only one who's going to really offer you like maybe a touchdown upside. That's all I would look for. Yeah, and that's like a desperation play, I think, at this point. It is, yeah. I mean, I think you're seeing Freeman as a max eight-point play. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, obviously Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, starting but i think tyler conklin's a really really good start at tight end this year baltimore is giving up the most fantasy points per game to the tight end position he's had a nice solid floor he's definitely has a role in this offense only one touchdown on the year but he stands the chance to score a touchdown um, which is pretty much all you're asking out of the tight end position if you don't have one of the top dogs so i like tyler conklin this year or this this week, um, and that's pretty much it, right? And of course, Dalvin Cook, but yeah, yes, sir. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chargers are one point favorites. Jalen Hurts finally came back down the earth to the earth uh, in terms of fantasy. Had his first game under twenty points for the season, only scoring eleven. In that blowout to Detroit, which was kind of weird. You know, if you told me the Eagles are going to put up 40-plus, I would imagine Jalen Hurts had a pretty good game, but he didn't in terms of fantasy. So, what are we doing this week against the Chargers? You're starting him. <laughs> like, come on, don't don't get it twisted here, guys. Even after a terrible showing of 11 points, he's still the quarterback four on the season. Like, you're playing him. Like, come on. Uh, what about the backfield, though? Well, can I bring up a, a good point? The So they are playing the Chargers, right? Yeah, so Jalen Hurts is going up against the Chargers. Um, a similar quarterback to Jalen Hurts, right, would be like Lamar Jackson-ish, maybe like the closest comparison maybe, right? Well, the Chargers just played the Ravens in week six and held Lamar to 167 yards passing, one touchdown, two picks, uh, he did run all right, 11 rushes for 61 yards, which we know is Jalen Hurts' specialty. But if they shut down Lamar Jackson like that, that makes you a little iffy on Hurts. Yeah, but still got to start him, right? 
uh, this whole year I've been big on like uh, quarterbacks on waivers. You could definitely find a quarterback on waivers who has a better floor. At if this Taysom point. Hill is starting, are you going to start Taysom Hill over Jalen Hurts definitely. this week? Really? Wow. I'm I'm su- that's really surprising because I know you've been a waiver guy, wire guy for quarterbacks. We've also been like a running quarterback guy, so. Yeah, I will. Taysom Hill is like, yeah, 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 we all are, I guess. <laughs> that's true. That's but, true. I mean, if, if Taysom Hill gets the nod to be the starter before Sunday, I mean, it, he's definitely um, going to be more worthy. Yeah. Not worthy. Are you in the same boat there? <sighs> I'm kind of leaning that way, but I don't know. I think you're both nuts. Honestly, I honestly, think the only reason I'm leaning that way is because Jalen Hurts, like in real fantasy terms or in real football terms, hasn't been that good. And I think um, Sean Payton's the the better coach. I think he'll do a better job of of getting Taysom Hill opportunities and scheming him scheming him into uh, fantasy points. So that's the only reason I would lean Taysom Hill is honestly the coach, but. That's tough. I mean, that's tough. That's a tough call. Jalen Hurts is a top 10 play this week regardless. So, yeah. Don't listen to these fools. Eagles backfield at the uh, for this game, I'm I'm avoiding. I'm not starting any of these guys. Yeah, no. I, I'm not starting Boston Scott. I'm not starting Jordan Howard. I'm not starting Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, no, it, it's a mess back there. I mean, if one scores a touchdown, then you'll get lucky and you have yeah. a decent showing. But, like, you're guessing. Choose one. I won't. You have to choose one. Honestly, if I had to, like I would choose Gainwell just because I think I think <laughs> if you're gonna yeah, if you're gonna force me, I, I think I would choose Gainwell just because I think they'll be I think the game script will be so much different than it was against Detroit that that Gainwell will actually see playing time this week. Um and unlike last week where they just took off with the game and and it was the Boston Scott and Jordan Howard show. So I think they'll be playing from behind. I, you know, if I was a betting man and Chargers are only a one-point favorite, like I'm putting everything on the Chargers at one point. Come on. Um. <laughs> oh, man. A little, little tickle. What was that? I'm tickling the throat there. I tried to hold it in. Uh, that's funny. Um, on the other side of the ball, though, are you guys worried about Mike Williams? Hell yeah, I am. Since week four, Mike Williams is wide receiver 33 overall. So. I don't know about you guys. I am ready to quote the late, great Dennis Green. Uh, He is who we thought he is. (laughs) Honestly, he's reverting back into that boomer bust player that he he was in previous years. Um, You know. At this point, it's four really good games, four really bad games. Um, that sounds like a boomer bust to me. Um, less than four points in three out of his four games. Uh, in the last four games, with you know that one thirty-two point game, but yeah, for me, I mean, like you obviously have to start him still, but at this point, you still have to start him, right? Like you're starting him, right? And if not, I who are you so. starting over him? Like, would you start Brandon Cooks over him? I am this week. I do have – so, like, in our main league, I do have a very, like, deep receiver, right? So, I have Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, and Mike Williams. And 
I've struggled on who to start week in, week out. Um, and it's burned me a couple times. It's really annoying. But um, this week, I am starting Brandon Cooks over Mike Williams. Yeah, I definitely would, too. Uh, Keenan Allen starting. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even though he hasn't been the guy we he has been last you know few years, he's still giving you a solid like twelve points week in week out. Eleven targets last week. Gotta love that. Uh, Austin Eckler, you're starting. That's uh, not even a question. And Jared Cook, you're starting. I am um, in this game. Like. I have a little note here that I had an internal debate because I was like going back and forth between like who should be my star of the week between Jared Cook and Dallas Goder. Uh, I'm not going to let you know who it is now, but I think they're both very viable starts this week. <laughs> well, uh, leaving a little bit to be desired there, huh? I also flirted with the idea of putting Jared Cook as my start of the week. Flirted with it. <laughs> Sent a text, didn't get a reply. Uh, Packers. I'm just saying, like, I, I tried to flirt with it. <laughs> the Packers are taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, and this one's even? No, it was even. These, these lines are from Tuesday when I put this oh. thing together. Uh, the line is now uh, the Chiefs by eight. That changed in one day. That's probably likely to the Aaron Rodgers news. I think. Uh out this Sunday with COVID. Yeah, immunized. And he has immunized. to sit immunized. for 10 days because he's immunized. <laughs> that's the, that's like the word of the week, immunized. I had to sit for two days because of a COVID scare. Didn't get to do our Monday episode. Bullshit. Oh, yeah, we should we should have mentioned that. Uh, yeah. Congrats on coming back, Trey. We, we appreciate you, you know, yeah. showing up tonight. I'm back. I'm healthy. Thanks for asking. He's alive, and that's Dicks. all we can ask. You know what I mean? Um. Two days is all it takes. Trey made Filipinos. it through. He beat COVID. COVID's over. Trey beat it. Uh, Take your mask off. Go outside. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't listen God, to me. Please don't add don't, us. Just don't even listen to what I'm don't saying. Don't add us, please. <laughs> so Jordan loves starting. Um, they flew in, you know, the always reliable, always there for us, Blake Bortles, to be the backup uh, to Jordan Love against the Kansas City Chiefs. What are you guys doing with uh, Devontae Adams? Still starting him? I mean, I feel like you have to. Like, it's Devontae freaking Adams, right? Like, he's arguably the top receiver in the league. Um, even if Aaron's not there, he's still going to get his. Now, the other receivers, I'm not even touching. Yeah. 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 Me too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Devontae Adams the only one I'm touching. I-, I saw Jordan Love is, like, projected to get more points than Derek Carr, Tua this week, like, things like that. People are crazy, man. It's only because, like, the Kansas City defense, defense is terrible. So bad, yeah. But, like... We don't know what's coming with Jordan Love. Exactly. No one knows. He has rushing upside, sure. But what? Like, what about it? Like, what? Can he throw the ball well? He's not taking first-team practice reps. Did not do it at all last year. He's not doing it this year. Um, when Did you see when they asked um, LaFleur if Jordan Love is ready? Did you see his response? What did he do? He was uncertain. He was uncertain. The way he did it, he paused and was just like, "Well, did you see Jordan Love in preseason?" Well, as I'm saying, Matt Lafleur just wasn't that just great? from reading his body language <laughs> and the way he answered the question when the press asked him this weekend. Jordan Love, in his eyes, is not ready, and he's hoping for a fucking miracle. You also know it's bad when like a quarterback or a coach that 
drafted that quarterback is now like, I don't know about this kid. No, they, I asked him, and like literally, if you ask, oh, do you, do you like Butterfingers? And I'm just like, uh, you know, sometimes on Halloween they're pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's just like, like what does that even mean? No, you but know? like, like, real, like realistically, you're going from a guy that you know um, calls plays at the line from the quarterback position um, and can read defenses and has 17 years of knowledge. Right, um, and and not only can Rodgers lean on Lafleur, but Lafleur can lean on Rodgers, you know, more than anything. I think to help him through decisions, you know, that they're making in a split second. Right, in in they get ten seconds because the clock, uh, their mic shut off at fifteen seconds. Yeah, so, so well, they I mean, can, they get. I mean, the play clock technically starts at forty after the end of the play, so they get you know twenty five yeah. seconds. Um, so. But the point is, is like you're going from a guy that can make, you know, can literally call the offense himself on the field to a guy that can't. So it's it's a huge difference just from that aspect alone. I'm worried about it. You start Devontae Adams. You don't start anyone else. You start Aaron Jones, obviously. Um, but would you start A.J. Dillon? Yes. I think A.J. Dillon's a solid flex play. I mean, he's been a little inconsistent with touches, but – 16 attempts last week against yeah, Arizona. Yeah, but again, I'm just saying inconsistent with touches. But when he sure. does get his touches, like, he produces. And I think with Jordan Lovett at quarterback, he's going to get touches this week. And I think he's a very, very viable flex, uh, flex play. Yep. Mm. He is a flex play if you have injured running backs, in my mind. Yeah, kind of a boomer bust flex option at the running back position. But I think you could throw him in there this week. Um so yeah, I like I like Devontae, I like AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones. That's it. Uh Arizona Cardinals. Did we cover the Chiefs there? We didn't cover the Chiefs. Well, I mean, what is there to cover the Chiefs? You're starting Patrick Holmes, you're starting Tyreek Hill, you're starting Travis yeah. Kelsey, and you're not doing anything else. Things have been rough as of late, but the, the, the game plan doesn't change. I mean, I guess you're probably starting uh Darren Williams also, but yeah. All of a sudden, Derek Gore is in the backfield. That's like you know, getting touchdowns and stuff. So that's weird. Williams still gave you a decent week. Um, you still go with Williams and no one else in that backfield. Trey, do you concur? Kind of. With Gore's emergence, it makes Williams like not a, not even like a flex for me. Honestly, could be honestly. It was so weird. It came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, like yeah. Derek Gore hasn't been like heard from all year. All of a sudden, gets like ten touches. It's just this week. I'm just waiting for this week just to see if it plays out again to see what happens. Also, like, why are we throwing the ball to the running back now that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out, who was a pass-receiving specialist that you drafted in the first round that you don't throw the ball to? But now you want to throw the ball to Daryl Williams and Frank Gore's grandson? Like, I don't See, understand this, that. This frustration Why? is like, it's Why? funny to hear because Jim was so high on he's Clyde a, last oh, year. Dude, he's such a jaded Clyde owner here. Yeah, and every, <laughs> every Sunday. Do I not have a point? Like, why are you throwing the ball? Hey, every Sunday, me why and James is Daryl Williams getting last four year? targets and Clyde can't get a target? See, this is James every why? game of last season. Why is no? I, excuse me. Daryl Williams had six targets <laughs> for six receptions for sixty-one yards. Why is 
you know, Clyde not getting th- that. This is some this is some resentment that burns deep in his belly because he doesn't even have Clyde this year, and he's still pissed off about it. That's what I'm saying. It's it's just funny to see because you could tell about it burned him last year, <laughs> how mad he is. Yeah, but it's a valid point, dude. So I mean, Clyde hasn't gotten more than fucking three targets in any game this whole year, and Daryl Williams is going to get six. Josh on, Jacobs man. got more than that. He's not even healthy yet. It's, it's crazy. It's it doesn't it makes zero sense to me. But I'm not Andy Reid, so uh, Arizona Cardinals taking on the. You know what? Now I'm just angry. So <laughs> <laughs> Arizona Cardinals taking on the San Francisco 49ers. I what's the spread? Because you don't have it updated on here. It's even, it's, which is an actual spread. Well, just keep talking. I'll even find just, it. Even just means a pick 'em game. It's uh, not. That's not a real thing. Over under is forty five points. It's now San Francisco one and a half. I did okay. these. I did that's these. A real, that's a real spread. Right. Even <laughs> is a real spread. It means a pick 'em game. Where it means you're bet, you're betting the money line. This is so. And also did classic Washingtonian here. Doesn't know one sports gambling thing from the next. Here we are. Three days ago. Uh, Kyler Murray missed practice Wednesday and Thursday, but both him and head coach Cliff Kingsbury believe he'll be fine for Sunday's game. Um, If, you know, obviously Kyler's been great, right? Um, Last week, he... Had to play the pack. Tough game on Thursday night, short week. Um, but if he's healthy, you're playing him, right? Yes, I mean, obviously. Yeah, it's not really a question. Um, they, even though he's mispracticed Wednesday and Thursday, they expect him to play uh, on Sunday. Even head coach Cliff Kings, Kingsbury came out and said, he, he's like, I don't even care if he play, or practices at all this week. He's going to play on Sunday. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm fading Kyler this week. Honestly, I'm super high on him, but coming off an injury, he's had a couple bad games in the last four weeks or so. So I mean, are you rather... not starting him? I'm not this week. I would rather pick up somebody else off the waiver wire if you're in like a 10-man, wow. 12-man league. I think you could find someone more reliable at this point. He He's battling an injury right now, and he's been inconsistent the last couple weeks, inconsistent all season, really. Let me ask you this. Did you start? Derek Carr over him? Definitely. This week, yeah, definitely. Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, that's a that's a good one. Um <laughs> Tannehill plays the this Rams. This week, yeah. This week, yeah, I would. Even against the Rams? Yeah. Okay. Um the receiver I gotta admit, that's ballsy. That's ballsy, but I th- you know, it could be the right move, honestly. If he's because we saw last year Kyler deal with the shoulder injury, he wasn't the same player. His rushing upside is not there, man. Like w- the reason I drafted him is not what's happening right now. Like the rushing upside is not there anymore. He he changed the way he's playing. Yeah. Well, he's dealing with that injury, so um it definitely could hamper him. But I think the receiver uh situation is much more interesting this week and probably more relevant to more people. Uh DeAndre Hopkins uh, still struggling with the hamstring inju- in- inju- injury. Jesus. Uh, he continues to miss practice this week. Team's unsure if he'll be able to go. While fellow wideout A.J. Green was placed on the COVID list on Wednesday, 
he will definitely miss the game. So you're looking at, you know, Christian Kirk um, probably gets moved into a must-start situation there if both those guys are out, right? Um, Rondell Moore you could probably flex confidently, but also Zach Ertz um, is positioned for a big game if both those guys are out. You guys feel differently? If AJ Green's still out, and it looks like DeAndre was hobbled by that hamstring last week, so I assume it's going to uh, still bother him this week. I really like Zach Ertz this week. Yeah, I think he's the most obvious like red zone target. But for receivers, I think you got to plug Christian Kirk in. What's the buyer sell on me taking a piss right now because I've had too many beers. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're hey, we're almost to Sunday night football, so yeah, we're almost done. But um, he can't hold it; he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, DeAndre Hopkins, like he played only twenty five percent of snaps last week, and that's because he kept putting himself back in the game, even though he wasn't doing very well. And granted, he came up with a clutch catch in the fourth quarter, which was huge. But I mean, that is just. It's nice. I think at best he plays 50%. So even if he does play, I'm starting Christian Kirk, Ronda Moore, and Zach Ertz. All right. Uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football. The Rams are 7.5-point favorites, over-unders 53.5 points. So high-scoring game here. But as we know, Derrick Henry's out. So what are we doing with the backfield situation? I think, in my opinion, this week, Jeremy – Jeremy McNichols is a solid, solid play, but I think I'm holding off on Adrian Peterson until I see how this offense operates. Obviously, he's going to be involved, I think, from the get-go, but I think he needs another week of practice to get up to speed, learn the playbook, so on and so forth. Get in shape. Get in shape. Uh, We saw him with a nice chaw in – did you see that picture of him? (laughs) No. He had a big old – fucking copenhagen in his really? lip I mean, he is a country boy so it's he, not surprising he had a copenhagen in his lip running sprints you know what i mean and it was pretty cool that's, to see that's funny but um did you but see yeah. that picture trey adrian peterson oh i thought you were talking about me running to the bathroom with <laughs> <No>. copenhagen <laughs> in my lips i definitely do um, <laughs> i but, you're talking about me well no we're talking about jeremy mcnichols and adrian peterson mcnichols is a good start this week for me i'm holding off on ap do you have a take on that? Uh, honestly, just for like history context, I just I feel like AP just unexplicably is going to be better than McNichols, fantasy wise. And, and that's probably what will happen. And you know, we'll be like, "Wow, how did that happen?" But I don't know. It's dicey for me. You know, I think he needs a little bit more time, learn the playbook, get in shape. Well, if you think about it, like AP's running style is like. Pretty similar to Derrick Henry's as far as like being the bruiser, the conditioned guy. Later in the game, you kind of impose your will type of thing. Obviously, he's way late in his career, but like he's he's kind of built for that offense. Yep. And I agree that for the long term, for like the rest of the season. But this week alone, I mean, I I find it super hard to believe he he gets more than like five or six carries in this game. We are talking about one of the best running backs of our generation. He is. So I mean, how hard 30, is it going to be? He's for also thirty six. But how hard is it going to be for him to grasp, uh, you know, the concepts that they're running in their offense? I don't think that'll be difficult at no, all. I think yeah. it's more getting him into game shape. Yeah, that's that's tough. Everyone knows that like you don't get into shape without playing the game. Doesn't matter how hard you train, how hard you practice. 
have to play a game to actually get into game shape. That's it, just the fact. Of the I matter. think they'll use the shit out That's of them. Point. I think they'll run the wheels off them. I just don't think it'll be this week. I think they'll give them a little bit more runway to really get going. Um, so start McNichols, bench AP, and see what happens. Um, Julio Jones uh, practicing in a limited fashion on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, yikes. I mean, Julio Jones for me is like probably a bench this week. Um, AJ Brown's a start. Um, and I think that's where the list ends. Do you guys feel differently about Julio? Nah, I'm right on point with that. Um, I think it's tough. Honestly, I think this week I would have feel just fine uh, flexing Julio. I know he's just coming off the injury, but I think this is going to be the week that Ryan Tannehill like just takes control of the offense. Like, hey, I can do this too, and so it means that both AJ Brown and Julio Jones both have good games. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I hope so. Honestly, I really hope Tannehill like proves himself. Like, hey, I can be valuable also. <laughs> Uh, on the other side of the ball, you're starting Stafford. He's the QB3 on the year. Uh, you're starting Daryl Henderson, RB7 on the year. Um, receiver situation, you're starting Cup, and I think you're starting Woods, both. I mean, Cup's what, number one on the year? So, yeah. obviously. Uh, Higby, you're starting Tyler? Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, say, are starting, we, are starting we starting Tyler's Higby? Man, he's burned me so bad last week. Like, I went hard on my start of the week. <laughs> and I really broke it down, and it yeah. – Came back to bite me in the ass. Yeah. And uh and I think I'm a little sore from it still. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna pivot off of Higby this week. Uh wow. wow. Tyler doing it, Tyler dirty. <laughs> Monday night football. We got a banger, guys. We got the Chicago Bears taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh Steelers are six and a half point favorites. Over under is a massive forty points even. Um <laughs> In terms of this game, are you starting anyone outside of Khalil Herbert, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson? You putting the fryer moves in there and frying up a Ooh. frying something up real quick? Yeah, y'all couldn't <laughs> y'all couldn't read my thing last week, but it was yeah, Pat Fryermuth. Oh, we read it. Oh yeah, yeah we did. I, no, I put it out. I, didn't, oh, I don't okay. think I said it very well. Uh, but. You said I misspelled it. I spelled it perfectly. Fryermuth. That <laughs> that's what you're going for. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I was, what was going for. Okay. Claypool, yes. Claypool is the wide receiver forty on the year. I mean, that's behind guys like Hunter Renfro, Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones, uh, and, and Kendrick Kendrick Bourne. Bourne. That Bourne. one got me. Like Kendrick Bourne is ahead of him. Like that's crazy. Kendrick Bourne's actually ahead of Hunter Renfro, Tyler Boyd, and Marvin Jones Jr. And that has to be because of touchdowns. <laughs> it's um, crazy. Um, but going back to the first question, no, I'm not much just like Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I'm not starting anyone outside of Kalu Herbert, Najee Harris, or Deontay Johnson. I think you can stream Fryermuth, um, but that's yeah. Out of, outside of those four guys, I'm not playing anybody. Um, even though Justin Fields, you know, had his career day last week without Matt Nagy there, um, he still hasn't been fired yet. So uh, I guess he'll be back this week. But we saw Justin Fields with 10 rushing attempts and 103 yards on the ground and a touchdown last week. I mean, he had that one really crazy play where he's reversing the field and scoring a touchdown. That's that's what he brings to the to the table, and hopefully we see more of it. But I think I don't think you can start him um, off one you know solid week. Um, so 
Yeah, benching Justin Fields, obviously benching the receivers there as well. If you're still starting those guys and still getting burnt, I don't know what to tell you. Why are you doing it? <laughs> well, honestly, in our dynasty league, I am still putting Allen Robinson my flex, but it's because it's a 14-team dynasty league, and it's thin as hell. Yeah. I think that will come along later in the season. That's a super like late play. Allen Robinson will come along, I think. Yeah, maybe. I was hoping so that he get traded at the deadline the other day. Like, <laughs> damn, I was praying for it. Yeah, Matt Nagy will be back next week, so I wouldn't get my hopes up. Whoop-de-doo, Basil. <laughs> uh, let's get into our starts of the week, close this baby out. Um, starts of the week. Let's start at the quarterback position. Who wants to start? I'll start it off. Okay. I'm going to start off right now. Derek Carr versus the Giants. Ooh. All right. All right. And uh, we, we've talked about this a couple of times in the podcast, really. I think we all agree that Derek Carr pretty much has a 20 point floor, um, which, if you really think about it, that really puts him in like top five fantasy quarterback er- uh, areas, if, if, if putting up 20 points a week. And well, the Giants are giving up around that same amount of points per week to quarterbacks, anyways. Um, but the Giants seem to do even worse against pocket style quarterbacks. I can get into that even more, but I'm not, I don't really want to like drag that on. Really, every time they play someone like Joe Burrow or someone who's like not really a scrambling quarterback, it seems like they do worse. And that's Derek Carr's game. He's a pocket style quarterback, so I think he's a, just primed to have a good game this week. Um, and just like all the adversity, adversity the Raiders have been facing lately, I think Carr, just from seeing his last couple of press conferences, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he might actually like play like pissed for once, like like actually mad about something. Have like. Um, some kind of anger. Are we going, going back to the, the vinegar game. and the piss thing? Yeah, yeah. He's got. <laughs> he, he's, he, he's he's putting vinegar. He's pouring vinegar in the toilet while he pisses. Like, <laughs> we clearly do not have a grasp with this metaphor. All right, vinegar and <laughs> piss aisle seven. All right, <laughs> and that's where Derek Carr is cashing out this week. All okay, right. I think Derek Carr's going to kill it. Yeah, no, honestly, I like the play. Um, he's had a couple dud weeks, but other than that, he's been really good, and really consistent. Um, and plus, it's a great matchup, so I like that a lot. Uh, I'm, I'll go next, and my honestly, my quarterback is a little bit out on the limb here, um, only because he's playing a really strong defense. I'm going Ryan Tannehill against the Rams, and the Rams overall are good defense. Um, they just added Von Miller, and he's going to play this week. They just add to their pass rush, which is a little dicey. But I'm honestly, I'm going like off of my gut here. I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to be like, listen, Derek Carr is gone. I got to step up my shit. Derrick Henry. Sorry, Derrick Derek yeah. Henry. Because I just got off Derrick Carr. Like, as Derek, a Raiders fan, I was like, wait, what? Did you find out something I didn't know? Because this season sucks. Derrick Henry is gone. Um, and Tannehill's going to be like, listen, this team's going to go on my back now, and I'm going to produce. And that's what I'm going on. It seems like we're getting emotional, honestly. But I do like Ryan Tannehill as far as like kind of like the, the prove-it game. I like uh, at quarterback Taysom Hill. Um, he's, he's my start of the week if he's – if he's healthy and, and actually starting at quarterback, he's, I think, an automatic start. That's pretty much where this take comes from. Um, like I said earlier, in his four starts at QB last year, he averaged 53 rushing yards a game and had four rushing TDs and two passing TDs. Um, so I think he has, you know, um, one of the highest floors at the position um, if he's starting. So That's the Taysom Hill you're dying on? 
that's the Taysom Hill I'll die on, and I'll give you one more Joe Burrow if okay. if if I was gonna ask like if Hill doesn't get the start, who's your who's your guy then? Joe Burrow for okay. sure. Yeah, QB four last four weeks overall. It's Joe Burrow with a good matchup. Uh, running backs. I'll just do mine first because honestly, I'll admit my running backs are a little cheesy this week. I I could not find a good running back that wasn't like a consensus start this week that I really liked. So I went a little harder on the defenses. We'll get there in a second. I like Eckler versus the Eagles. Eckler's number two or three in your fantasy league already. It's pretty obvious at this point. But the Eagles just get gashed every time they they play against an established backfield. When they're going to get up up against a team where they have the, the running back that they intended to play when the season started. And Austin Eckler is that guy. He's just primed for, honestly, almost a 30-point game with how yeah. vulnerable this defense is. He was almost my guy, too, but I was like, that's a little chalky. So I, I couldn't find one. another one that yeah. I put my name honestly, on. I'm the, sorry. You know, <laughs> yeah. so, some of the things is it's like, tough this week, for sure. I mean, the thing is not – starts of the week aren't necessarily, like, taking somebody who, like, should be started that you weren't going to start. It's somebody who's going to do better than what, you know, other guys expect. Yeah. Um. So, sure, certainly mine's chalky, too. I'm going Aaron Jones. Um. That was a very easy decision after Aaron Rodgers went down. Yeah. I expect Aaron Jones to have a huge workload in this game, including in the passing game. I think it's going to be check down city. And I think he, you could easily see, you know, seven, eight catches for Aaron Jones this week. That'd be cool to see like a 33 point game for Aaron Jones, 32 for Aaron Jones and 18 for Dylan. Kind of like we saw for the, uh, the, um, not the jets, uh, the Colts, the Colts today. And honestly, that's exactly why I would expect to happen. I think game. as long as the defense steps up and, and could keep the Ch- Chiefs offense at bay, which they have been kept at bay recently. So, you know, and, and Packers defense has been playing better than expected. So I think there's a chance that they do that. If they do that, then I think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can both have big games. But I like Aaron Jones either way, probably going to have a big game. My guy, uh, Josh Jacobs, this week at running back. Uh, he's officially off the injury report uh, after dealing with that uh, chest injury from, from week seven. Uh, apparently the, the bye week in week eight has really allowed Jacobs to, to get back to full health. Um, and I honestly think he comes back with a bit of a vengeance. Like I said earlier, he hasn't eclipsed, eclipsed 53 yards yet this season. Uh, but did score in each of his last three games. And he's also playing the Giants, who are giving up 20.7 points a game to the running back position, which is eighth worst in the NFL. Um, So good matchup, um, good running back. He's the number one running back on the team. Uh, I think he gets in the end zone. I think he has a good week this week. Receivers, Trey. Oh, man. All right, so I got Jerry Judy versus the Cowboys. This is a little bit of a reach, but I really have good feelings about this one. Honestly, I think James and I completely agree with you because we both think that Trayvon Diggs is going to be shadowing Cortland Sutton. That means Jerry Judy with a big game. After discussing it, I think it's more likely that Diggs probably shadows Sutton on the outside on on those deep throws. Yeah, I see. And that'd be nice to see. I mean, Dallas, uh, they did a good job against Minnesota. Um, obviously they shut down Justin Jefferson. Like we were talking about that earlier with Diggs shutting down Jefferson. I mean, Thielen still produced had like seven yards or seven catches for about 70 yards and a touchdown, something like that. I'm really approximating that it's something around there. But, um, but a few weeks back, they got burned by Kadarius Tony who like literally played like his first game of the season against them. Yep. And he came in and just torched him. 
So I, I got a feeling that Jerry Judy is more than capable of doing better than Kadarius Tony, honestly, at this point, because Jerry Judy's proven himself. And I think if Kadarius Tony can do that, Jerry Judy can do at least half of that, which gives you, you know, 11 points or so. I like to take at the, I, at the floor. Yeah, I'm saying, I think you're underselling. I think he's I think he's guaranteed like 15 this week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the floor yeah. is like, if, if, you know, if, if uh, Tony can do that, Judy can do even more is what I'm so, saying. Sure. Also, it's nice to see that like there's a consensus there that Judy should have a big game between the three of us. So, Hopefully finally, <laughs> that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the few. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We never agree on everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, so my guy, I'm going back. I'm going to Brandon Cooks, and getting the the uh, news that Tyrod's getting to start today only makes this even better. Um, I thought he was going to produce either way, but Tyrod there is huge. Uh, the main reason I'm doing this, so obviously Miami's terrible against receivers. They're giving up 40 points a game to receivers, second worst in the league. But on top of that, the uh, Miami defense is giving up 28% of their completions to the short right side of the field, which is the most in the league. And Brandon Cooks is getting 27.5% of his yardage from right short side of the field completions. Interesting. That's his most uh, out of any other part of the field. So that means that he's that whole area is gonna be open for him, and you know he's a guy who can make a play after he catches the ball. You know, yak yards gonna be huge for him. I think Brandon Cooks has a huge game. I'm gonna just make this up out of nowhere. This is our Rain Man take of the week. <laughs> can we just make that a thing? Like the statistics are deep and just like <laughs> honestly, if you're not paying attention, they're just gonna go over your fucking head. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like a Rain Man take of the week. You gotta write those like, down. Yeah, you you met a partially disabled kid with autism, and he said, "Hold up, have you heard about Brandon Cooks? Well, you want some stats <laughs> here? Um, I like the short stats. right side of the field. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Brandon Cooks as well. I didn't even know about the short right side of the field, but uh. My Which part second, of the field is that? The short right side of the field. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my second pick was this man, Bobby Trees, Mr. Robert Woods. Bobby Trees? <laughs> yeah, you never heard that? No. No, you're crazy. I've uh, heard him multiple times. <laughs> Robert Woods um, is my start of the week at receiver. Um, look, the Los Angeles Rams target their receivers more than any other team in the league at 75.2%. That's that's the most in the NFL. Uh, he finished as wide receiver 10 last week overall and split the target share evenly with Cooper Cup at 26% each, each of them. Um, since week three, he's the wide receiver 10 overall. Since week four, he's the wide receiver 8 overall. He's he's moving up, and the team is, is getting him more and more involved through, throughout the year, um, and he's making – He's making the most of it. He had that really nice end-around play, uh, took it to the house last week. Those are some of the manufactured touches that are drawn up for, for Bobby Woods specifically that that no one else is getting. And um, Stafford's looking his way more often. Uh, and, you know, to, to put the cherry on top, he's playing the Tennessee Titans this week who are the only team in the league that are giving up 30-plus fantasy points or more to the receivers uh, each and every single week. They're giving up the most points to fantasy wide receivers per 48 game. points a game. So, um, absolutely, Robert Woods is a must-start. And I think he's going to have a really big second half of the season. 
Oh, yeah, all, all those stats indicate that, honestly. That's, like, the first thing I was thinking, like, second half of the season. Uh, we all know just, I, I think, just a natural um, progression in anyone who's killing it in the league that Cooper Cup just can't keep it up at this point. Um, it, it seems like he is, but it just it doesn't seem sustainable. So, obviously, it, that goes to Robert Woods eventually, I think. I mean, I don't know if it's not necessarily sustainable. I mean, this offense is explosive as hell with Sean McVay calling plays, and now you have a quarterback who can – you know, put it anywhere you want on the field. So I think they're both top 10 plays the rest of the year. Yeah, me too. I um, agree with that. Which isn't a, a bad thing by any means. Well, I'm just curious if defenses are gonna finally going to start like giving him respect, maybe doubling up Cooper Cup. I mean, we've known this for years, being like like Pacific Northwest guys. We've seen Cooper Cup at Eastern Washington University. We've known for a while. Road. Destroying yeah. people. L- yeah. Literally one of the best route runners like we've probably ever seen in our, with our eyes. So, like, we know what he's capable of. It's just a matter of, like, defenses, like, keying up on him eventually. That's what I'm curious he's about. He's such a good route runner, though, that it's it's almost unschemable, right? I mean, he's such a good football player, and he has such a high IQ that, and I know he's white receiver, and that's a typical thing to say, but it's true about Cooper Cup. Like, he's lunch pill guy. He's a lunch pill guy. Like Hard worker. He's honestly, though, like, a super high IQ guy and, and – and the route running ability separates him from a lot of receivers in the league. Um, but to that point, Robert Woods is still on this offense, still highly targeted, having a he's his his arrows pointing up for sure. So um and I think this week he has a big week. Tight ends though, who we who we who we streaming, who we starting at tight end, Trey. Tell me if this is too obvious, but Zach Ertz Versus the Cardinals, I, I feel I, like I don't think it is honestly. I, if with AJ Green being out and DeAndre Hopkins possibly being out, I think Zach Ertz just rockets up the board in terms of like how good of a game he's going to have. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And right now, he's only started in 58 percent of leagues. I, I'm pretty sure no one's really set their roster for like the weekend, but it seems like people are low on him. His roster, uh, his stat percentage has only increased. Played 49 percent the first week he was traded there. First week he was eligible to play. Then he played 73% of snaps in his last game. And in those two games, nine targets, seven catches, 108 yards, and one touchdown. Honestly, just right, just that right there is going to put anybody in top 10 tight end situation in two games. That's how sad the tight end situation is. Yeah. And like we talked about, with A.J. Green being on the COVID list, Hopkins is nursing a hammy, Zach Ertz is looking good. Completely agree. I agree. I think it's a solid pick. Who do you yeah. like, Tyler? All right, so I mentioned it earlier. I had an internal debate. I was going back and forth between uh, Jared Cook and Dallas Godair for my start of the week this week. And uh, I ended up going with Jared Cook. And both teams give up, you know, about 18 points a game. Chargers actually give up a little bit more. So you might be wondering, like, why not get Godair? Um, seems to be, you know, a bigger part of the passing offense than Jared Cook is, and that's true. The reason I'm going with Jared Cook, though, is because of the red zone looks. Philadelphia is giving up the most red zone looks to tight ends. They've given up 13 targets and 11 catches in the red zone versus Philly only giving up, I'm sorry, versus the Chargers only giving up six targets and three catches. So I think that means that Jared Cook has a extremely high chance of finding the end zone this week. I think I'd go Cook over Godair this week too. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was, honestly, Cook was my start of the week until I realized you had already claimed him. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be quick to the dock. Uh, Mike Asicki is my tight end start of the week. Um, maybe a bit more obvious, but a bit of a quiet week last week. So that's kind of why I wanted to choose him this week because he gets the Texans this week. 
who are giving up the fourth most points a game to the tight end position. Gasicki had two huge weeks uh, before his game last week. Um, those huge weeks came against the Jags and the Falcons. Uh, two, you know, not great defenses, and the Texans are also not a great defense. Um, and so I think uh, a big game is coming for Gasicki. If you want to hear a cool stat about Gasicki, he's had forty or sixty-four possible uh, catchable targets, and he's dropped zero. That's number one in the he's, league. He is really good, man. Number one in the <laughs> league. Oh, hey, you don't got to tell me. I was the motherfucker on him. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> you've been on that Tua Gasicki train all year, man. He's a freak. Honestly, Tua Gasicki and Waddle, like for some reason, I've been weirdly attached to him. Waddle, obviously the the bottom of the two, but Gasicki and Tua definitely are good plays for fantasy this year. Uh, who are we looking at for Stinky's defense of the week? Like I said, I did a little bit of extra homework this week just because my running backs were so iffy. Um, I think the Bills versus the Jaguars, that's obvious. The Bills have a great defense. The Jaguars are the worst defense um, or worst offense in the league as far as like points uh, for defenses. And coaching. Yeah, that's the obvious one <laughs> if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want the obvious pick, right? But other than that, let's go on the other ones. I really like the Raiders against the Giants this week. Uh, the Vegas... The Raiders have one of the best pass rushes in the league and one of the better um, pass, uh, passing coverage games in the league. They're weak against the run, but um, the Giants' offense is barely standing. I just feel like they're going to be all over Daniel Jones. This could be a really rough game for the Giants. Honestly, very rarely have I felt like this might be a shutout. Like This might really might be a real shit show for the, uh, for the Giants. So the Raiders look good. Um, I actually, I really like Vegas this week, too. I actually picked them up in a couple of my leagues. I ended up dropping them because I found Cincinnati available in both of them. Um, I like that matchup more, but I thought Las Vegas was a great play this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're getting a Cincy for sure. <laughs> um, well, let's just, let's just jump to Cincy, honestly. We still Cincinnati's playing the Browns this week, right? I like the Cincinnati defense just because they're so reliable. They're not really like a boom play, but like their, their floor as a defense, it sounds really stupid to say, is around like four or five points. Which, if you think about it, at first sounds dumb, but that's honestly not bad for a defense. Like, Four or five points from a defense is good, and like they get to the quarterback, they force turnovers. This is an offense that turns the ball over with Baker Mayfield sometimes, so I think that's a good chance for Cincinnati. And last but not least, I like the Patriots against the Panthers. We were talking about it. Um, if, if Sam Darnold does play, he's been horrible lately. You know, he's had one touchdown versus two picks and a lost fumble in his last three games, and New England's put up two straight thirteen-point fantasy point games defensive-wise. So if San Darnold plays, it looks pretty, honestly might even look better than if PJ Walker plays because of the turnovers he's been creating. But if PJ Walker plays, same deal. Patriots are going to kill it. Yep. No, I like those defenses for sure. Uh, that'll probably do it here today for our matchup episode. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe if you're enjoying the content and the show so far. Uh, at the FF Fathers on Twitter. Good luck this weekend with all your matchups. We wish you the best, and we will see you next week for waivers. Hell yeah. Hit us up on Twitter, folks. You got questions, recommendations, things you disagree on, agree on, whatever, man. We're trying to we're trying to converse, see what you guys think, you know, see how that compares to what we think, see how wrong you are. See how <laughs> see how wrong we are. We never know, you know. Just hit us up, man. For show. Later.